I guess we can say that the 2024 election has officially started. It is caucus day. The Iowa Hawkeye Cockeye, I guess you could say, is starting. It we've we've seen the weather possibly have an impact. We don't know for certain. We won't know for certain until tonight. But the election season is kicking off today. And joining me in the studio to celebrate this momentous occasion is Josh Guillory. Josh, how are you? What you know, Joe? Always good to be here, my friend. Glad to have you here with us uh, to talk about because I know that you have. Uh, you're a political observer like I am. You, you've you been in campaigns and races. You, you've you seen from the inside what a lot of these things look like. And there's just so much to go through, and we don't know for certain what's going to go on because things are very fluid in this race right now. Uh, over the weekend, we had a poll come out. It was the Des Moines Register poll, Des Moines Register, NBC News. Uh, Ann Selzer did that poll, and she's – the top, she's the gold standard as far as pollsters go in Iowa and really around the country when it comes to state level polling. She had Donald Trump at 48%, Nikki Haley at 20%, Ron DeSantis at 16%. That is an interesting flip flop for DeSantis and Haley. Uh, people now wondering about the DeSantis campaign. Is he actually going to be able to go on? Will he come in third? Do you stay in if you come in third after all the money and all the time you've spent? Uh, what about Vivek Ramaswamy? He has, uh, he actually, he says, quote, he is planning to deliver a shock to the system and says that the race would be a landslide if he had started with the team he has. Now, he had a lot of uh, of campaign turnover recently, and he has a lot more faith in the team he has now. Trump is uh, very decided. He's very sure he's going to win, and all the polling supports that. Nikki Haley believes that she's got the momentum. She hasn't hit her ceiling. It's just a very, very interesting situation. What are your thoughts just kind of going in? Well, you, you definitely have some trends. Um, in, and uh, what I like to call this is the great race for number two. So let's just yeah. uh, let's be honest. And, I mean, Donald Trump will be the nominee. I I'm, I'm firmly believe that. And, right. and, if, and if he's not, you know, kudos to the other candidates for, for you know, having the boldness to do it. I, I thought that's, you know, I've always found it kind of interesting you definitely see some trends. You've nailed on that. I would not uh, throw out Ramaswamy. Um, he, look, he'll poll fourth tonight. We all think we can all safely say that. But mm. I do believe there's something there. I can't put my finger on it. Can't put my thumb on it. Um, but he's tapping in that same audience as as you've covered really well with Trump. You know, yeah. it seems like our our partners. If you bifurcate, you divide up. You got the Trump Ramaswamy yeah crowd, and then somehow or another. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are splitting those votes, or at least that's the question. Yeah. Are they truly sp- splitting those votes? And you would think, yes, they yeah. are. Yeah, I, I, and and Nikki Haley kind of represents what everybody was calling the the establishment, the 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 rhinos or whatever you want to call it. I, I think of it more as the moderate Republican wing of the party. Um, definitely establishment. Yes, if not a lot, if these, not moderate a lot of rhino, the people, definitely establishment. Definitely establishment, and and. You know, establishment does have a, a you know negative connotation, and at points for good reason. Sure, uh, they like the status quo. I mean, you are somebody who has fought against the status quo in a lot of ways, and here I am, and here you are. <laughs> um, but uh, you have DeSantis, who is not very status quo. He came in, bucked the system in Florida. They're not going for the same voters, but all but their voters, the DeSantis and Haley voters, both realize the same thing. It's time to move on to something else. That's and that's their opinion of the race. That's their opinion of this nomination process is they think it's time to stop looking at 2020 and start looking at actually 2024 and beyond. Yeah. 
Donald Trump is very much running. Uh, you know, we've got to we've got to get our revenge for 2020. We've got to show it was stolen from us. We've got to show that we have unfinished business. And Ramaswamy is that same kind of uh, of status quo bucking, but very much in that Donald Trump sense, that type of candidate. So they have the, the same case. I think it's interesting that Trump attacked Ramaswamy over the weekend, saying it, it's all a ruse. It's very sly. Uh, a vote for Ramaswamy's vote for the other side. He's not Vivek is not uh, MAGA, that sort of thing. Uh, Donald Trump very much wants everybody to know a vote for Trump is the only is the only way you can vote for Trump. There's no siding with MAGA, but being somebody else, it's Trump or nothing. Yeah, that that could come back to bite him though. If yeah, he, if he draws that hard line in the sand, I mean, you got to I got to got to believe he knows what he's doing. He has good advisors around him. Um, but yeah, I, I, when you start drawing that line and you make a you versus me mentality, mm-hmm. yeah. then, then it's going to be you versus me. I thought the whole point of him not being in the debates was very wise for, yes. for many reasons, but it doesn't paint you in a corner. When you get on the stage, it literally is outside of Ramaswamy because he's never been in, right. just like Trump was never in in 2016. Um, you know, you don't create that us versus you, you versus me. You don't alienate as much. You'll take a little bit of arrows, but you don't take as many. And he doesn't, Trump being, he doesn't need to be. He's, in, he's a lead. But Ramaswamy's saying the same thing that Trump said in 2016. Yeah. Hey, there's a problem. There's a, it's deep. It's mm-hmm. deep state. It's establishment. And by the way, guys, all of you on the stage, y'all are the problem, not me. I mean, it is to the T. Yeah. And what's interesting to me with DeSantis and Haley, both being former governors, both being at that more local level, yeah. a traditional conservative, traditional Republican, uh, maybe more traditional Republican ideology, yeah. uh, states' rights, Tenth Amendment type stuff, yet... I, it's a genuine question I had. Are they truly splitting the votes, or is there some kind of other demographic out there, some other form of faction in our party, or at least in my party? That I don't know. I don't know. What are you registered? Do you want to say on the air? No, I'm I'm no party. There I'm, you I'm, go. I'm, I'm I'm registered no party. Probably um, a Republican here. Yeah. That's okay. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm conservative, but I don't have any party allegiance because I don't like carrying water for people. I think it's way more fun to be able to say whatever I want. But so the. It's interesting. We're talking about the voters that they're drawing from. But when you look at the polling, the polling data is very interesting. What happens if one of these candidates drops out? Where do those voters go next? Vivek's vote, uh, voters go to Donald Trump. DeSantis's voters had been polling they go to Trump if, if DeSantis drops out. But I have to start wondering if some of them might go to Nikki Haley and, and switch that out. If Nikki Haley drops out, her voters go to Ron DeSantis. I think that's, I think that's well said. I wouldn't change any on that, anything on that analysis. And the trends are starting to show that, especially in the last seven to ten yeah. days, which, I mean, it's game time, right? It's literally yeah. game time today. Yeah, it, it, and it's so, so interesting the way this is all shaking out because, again, you're, you're right. This is pretty much it, – it, if you look at the polling and everything like that now, this is a race for second. Sure. Who's going to get second place? Is it going to be Nikki Haley? Is it going to be Ron DeSantis? You have somebody who's got a lot of momentum in Nikki Haley. You have somebody who built a massive ground operation in in Iowa but doesn't have anything in the polling to show for it right now. He hit all 99 counties. He did the full Grassley. He went and glad-handed with every Iowan he could meet. I mean, just all this. And And then there's the blizzard. How does the blizzard have an impact? You've gone through election cycles. You know that weather can have an impact on turnout. Or at minimum, things outside your control Yes, that have a very big impact on voter turnout. So one of the theories of today, going into today, that was kind of whispered in the backgrounds from what I had heard from 
DeSantis and Nikki Haley voters or our uh, campaign members is that they think that because you the caucus isn't just an election day, you go and you caucus all day. If you have blistering cold, you have a frozen tundra that is Iowa. That will likely keep a lot of older caucus forward uh, goers at home. Donald Trump dominates with older voters. That could have an impact on Trump. Could the fact that Trump is seen as so dominant, seen as so inevitable, could that make people think, oh, we got it in the bag, we're good, and and that, keep, you know, some people stay at home not realizing they really do need to show up. Could that have an impact? That's what the non-Trump campaigns are hoping for. Trump is hoping for we we have all this momentum. We're clearly dominant. We're going to we're we're going to blow it out today, and we're we're going to have all this momentum going into New Hampshire. We've got no problems. That's that's kind of the the unknown for today. Yeah, I think what today we're going to see from all sides, at least the top four candidates. Yeah, their base is going to show. So we're going yeah. to see how big in in numbers. I wouldn't look at percentages tonight. I would really look at the raw data. What is the real boots on ground? Who actually went and caucused today? Yeah. Because your percentages should correlate with the the strong base that'll show up. So how much we're going to see that ceiling? I, I believe in that in that part of our country, that region, which should carry over. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, we're talking forty delegates. Iowa, we're talking about this off the break. Iowa, it's not the make or break, but boy, it sure it it, it can it can tell you some things. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Your calls as well, 232-1542, or your messages on the app chat. Back with more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk ninety six point five KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or you can use the KPEL app chat to be part of the conversation, be heard as well. Josh Guillory joining us in the studio, having a lot of fun there. Do want to remind you that even in weather like this, you can still go find the vehicle of your choice. Just go check out our friends at... Service Chevrolet Cadillac, Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer, nine years in a row. ServiceGM.com, because I don't want you driving to 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, where they're located, and go check out the lot right now. Just go look at what they've got online, new and used cars, tons of inventory coming in every day. Currently, hundreds of vehicles on the lot. They are getting new inventory like you wouldn't believe. Plenty of options for you. And it's not just buying a new or used vehicle there either. They've got uh, parts and service, uh, repair, body shop, collision center, fine line custom auto. They've got the wash, everything to meet your needs. And if you are in the military, you're a first responder or a teacher, there is special pricing available for you as a thanks for your service to our nation, our community, and our students. Find it all at Service Chevrolet. Find new roads. At Service Chevrolet, servicegm.com, twelve twelve Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Josh, it's exciting to have you in the studio. I'm excited and to I, be here, and we get to talk about stuff that uh, you don't normally get to talk about. You, we, you've you've spent all this time, you've had to talk about all these local things, but now you get a chance to step into the studio and talk about some of the really fun, exciting stuff. i just been that little boy in the back of the classroom, <laughs> just minding my own business, but holding it in, recess is here. So, yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'd like to hear, Joe. I know people are driving around right now. We're talking about the Iowa caucus. I mean, how much more in theme would it be to have folks call in? We want to hear from you. Yes. Call in and give us your thoughts. Iowa caucus, caucuses today for the Republican uh, candidates running for president of the United States, and love to hear your feedback, but... 
you know, we were talking about trends and polling and things like that. And uh, if you if you look, this is the average now. Uh, 538.com will pull down yeah. most of your your average you know or average your your major polls. And just to look from December to January, President Trump is down according to this average of polls down three, but Ramaswamy up three. So you see that correlation yeah. there. Uh, Nikki Haley up four. DeSantis down three. So that that question we were asking earlier in the show. Are those, I mean, clearly, Ramaswamy and Trump, I got it. Yeah. Pretty much the same philosophy, same voters, maybe a little outside. One's going to the other. Ramaswamy's voters are going to Trump. Right. We know that. Do do Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, do they really split votes? I get it right now, but one of them, you would imagine, Mm -hmm. is going to, to pull out after one of these primaries. Or do we really see... What I find to be starting to be the reality, we have Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis running for a convention. Yeah. We have Ramaswamy running for a cabinet seat. Yes. And, that, and that, I, that, I, think I don't think that's too far off. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, you, you, you and I were, were kind of talking about on and off the air. It, it's just, again, when you look at the breakdown, where do the voters go if, the can, if that candidate drops out? Ron DeSantis's voters go to Donald Trump. Nikki Haley's voters go to Ron DeSantis. If you yeah. want to... Talk about it brokered anything. The fact that the not the the non-Trump vote is split largely between those two, some with uh, Vivek as well. If Nikki Haley and Vivek dropped out, Vivek's voters probably go to Trump. Oh, hands down. And but, I think he said as much too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but it it's that split of where the DeSantis and Haley voters go that I I think is really interesting because it, it's not. It's not such an e- – I don't think it's like they're just stealing from each other. I think DeSantis is taking away from Trump, and I think Haley's taking away from DeSantis. Well, it, that is such a good analysis, in my opinion. And the, the, the trick for President Trump now, he will be the nominee, barring yeah. some major, major event. And I think we just said we have two candidates that are, that are banking on that. Right. Going to a convention, it's just so chaotic where, well, we'll go with the safer bet. I don't know. I don't see that happening. But the trick for uh, President Trump would be – how does all of this play into the general election? Right. How does his conduct play into it? Because how do, everything, you know, the big guy don't lie. He's going to be yeah. on video. He'll be recorded. Every movement he makes with the, with his legal issues, from political issues, how he handles not being on the stage, which I feel like he's mm-hmm. done that very well, uh, very strategic in that regard. But what specifically caught my eye was the criticism of Ramaswamy over the weekend, Yeah. which, you know, I—, I if he's listening to little old Josh Giller in Lafayette, Louisiana, I would say steer away from that. Um, but you know, he's he did win the the presidency once, right. and uh, so he knows a little little something about this game. Yeah, the, you mentioned the media eye. The media eye undoubtedly helped him in 2016. It really hurt him in 2020. How does it break this time? I that's who knows. There's yeah. so there's so many variables. But Joe, you go to the swing states. You know, yeah. we talk about the general election. Now it's tight. It is a close election. Yes. But you know, those polls have have not always been right, and they've always kind of tilted left. So for Trump to be up plus two in certain areas, plus four, plus eight, plus twelve. I mean, we're talking about battleground states: Ohio, Michigan, Florida. To have Look an edge Michigan. in Michigan is bizarre. Yeah. So it, it's very interesting. All right, let's take this bottom of the hour break. We've got a commodities report coming up. More with Josh Guillory on Caucus Day in Iowa, plus your calls, your comments on the app, all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can use the app chat like Jack did. Hey, Jack. 
Jack here in Lafayette wants to get, Josh, your thoughts on a system that I frankly think we should have had in our last mayor-president's election. That's the closed primary system. I think that we would be looking at things a little bit differently right now if we'd had the closed primary system. I won't get I, I, we we promise we're not going to talk about local politics on here, but just my oh, personal opinion. Probably a fair assessment. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> moving so, on to the state. <laughs> moving on to the state. Closed primaries. Yeah, look, hey, th- first of all, thanks, Jack. Appreciate your message in. Anybody listening out there, we love to hear your feedback. And uh, this is this is a rare opportunity for these days for me to come and communicate with the public that I love so much. So thank you, uh, Joe, for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, uh, I, I 100 percent, not even an ounce against this, 100 percent support closed primaries. And the bill that's currently in the legislature, as I appreciate it, I believe that it will be also a significant amount of time, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, months, a couple of months, if not a little bit few more, maybe four or five months before the right. actual general election, which I think is so critical. Look, for, for all parties, Republican, Democrat, and any other parties that, that, uh, that hold, I almost said caucus, but hold a close <laughs> primary, because you know there's going to be some intense fighting. And the system that we have now, that month in between the general and then the runoff, there's not a lot of uh, time to heal. There's not a lot of time to to address some of the issues objectively mm-hmm. as opposed to emotionally. And when you only have three or four or five weeks, it's very hard to get out of the emotion because we're human and God created us with yeah. emotions. Look at uh, the 2019 govern- mm-hmm. uh, gubernatorial race. Yes. You know, with Ralph Abraham, all right, and uh, Eddie Responi going at it. You know, when you're launching that many missiles one month prior to uh, the, the general election— I mean, it's pretty hard to, to recruit. Right. It's, it's kind of hard to, to explain. I'm going to say at, at minimum, it's kind of hard to explain because you're communicating to the masses in 30-second sound bites. Right, and that that is – I think that's got to be the hardest part for the campaigns is having to condense your message down in that in that short a span of time. And we're, we're talking about there, – there are several states out there where – you have a primary, and then you've got three months to to really get out there and let and and give your message to yeah. folks. And it's a very different beast at that point. It's it's night and day. You can't even compare the two. And I believe had we had clo- well, we know this. I mean, we we feel pretty confident if we had closed primaries in twenty nineteen. Yeah, you would have been looking at governor either Abraham or Responi. Yes, hands down. Yeah, you'd probably say the same thing in twenty fifteen. We understand twenty fifteen was an, an odd. Eyeball, you know, election, but... But it's so weird how Republicans have sabotaged themselves in a lot of these statewide or state-level elections. Um, I mean, even at, even at the congressional and the Senate level, there there have been times where Republicans have cost each other races, and it's, it's been to the detriment of the entire Republican Party in the state because they've been so busy fighting each other. I mean, the, the classic example is going to be 2015, where you had yeah. David Vitter, uh, you had uh, Scott Angel and Jay Darden, and the Republicans were all fighting each other, and John Bill Edwards could just sit back and and hold all his money, hold all his fire, and just wait until that resolved itself, yep. knowing he was going to go up against one of them. Yep. And then you have the fight, his fight against David Vitter, and Jay Darden goes to Team Edwards, and Scott Angel says nothing, and you have tons of money, tons of that lingering support going over. That's how John Bill Edwards gets into office the first time. The second time, it's going like you said, it was. The two fighting, the Eddie Responi versus the Ralph Abraham, and Eddie Responi dropped a ton of money just to attack Ralph Abraham, and as a result, pissed off the Republicans yeah. in Ralph Abraham's district, and they either stayed at, stayed home or voted for John Bell. Short-term gain, long-term yes. loss. Look, look, if 
if we as Republicans, and I'm speaking as a Republican, I'm a very proud Republican, if we as Republicans want to stop rhinos, which is Republican in name only, if we want to have rhinos not infiltrate our party, then stop letting rhinos infiltrate right. our party. You know, if you want to go talk about conservative principles and values, the, the Reagan values, the mm-hmm. Reagan principles that we're talking about, fiscal responsibility, states' rights, I can go on and on, yeah. strong military, strong foreign diplomacy, uh, uh, securing our sovereign Sovereignty, yeah. protecting our borders, things like that. I understand we're on the national level, but that affects the state, too. You can go on the state about education and bureaucracy and how are we going to govern. Are we going to govern from the top down like we've been doing for 120 years since Huey P. Long or whatever it is? Yeah. My math's probably off. <laughs> <laughs> or are we, gonna, or are we as conservatives, going to appreciate and value and put an emphasis at the state level through our local governments? Those are conservative values and principles, but we're never allowed to have those debates we're never allowed to have those discussions on real issues that impact real people. Right now, the folks that are driving their car listening to this show, because we have to communicate in 30-second sound bites off an emotional election that happened five weeks prior to. When you have closed primaries, you have more of a policy-driven result in both sides, yeah. on, the, on the left and on the right, and that's okay. That's, that's healthy. If we're going to communicate the general election through 30- to 60-second sound bites, well, at least we can have a process that— puts right. candidates that if you say you're a Republican, then at least Republicans take it can at least take it to the bank a little that there's conservative pr- principles. If you say you're a Democrat, you be you. Mm-hmm. At least you know you're going to have a, a more left-leaning agenda. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, when you, you go to the polls in your primary, you have two candidates. Which one is going to represent me as a Republican? And it's not going to be somebody that a bunch of Democrats can go in and say, hey, we prefer this Republican more and completely skew the results. It's you know Rush Limbaugh had the joke about Operation Chaos, where you you, you two thousand eight, I remember, yeah. Yeah. and you you go register as the other party, and you go mess up those primaries. Well, with an open primary, the jungle primary, you don't have to register. You can just go in. You can say, hey, yeah, let's go vote this one because our guy is not going to do very well, maybe, but we can get a more moderate Republican in there. What rumor did I hear last? You know, yeah. what rumor did I hear last or what commercial? That, that's yeah. the, that's the that's the battlefield that we have now. Now, you're uh, you were bringing up in the break. Now, are you partial pri- close primary or full close? See, I'm of the belief that I want full close. Yes. If you're a Democrat, you go vote. You got to be registered as a Democrat and you vote in the Democrat primary. If you're registered as a Republican. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a requirement and you have to go vote in the Republican primary. But there's alternatives. There are. I, I'm for closed, fully closed primaries. If we decided to go with the partially closed, which is independents can can vote one way, but they can only vote in one. So if you're an independent voter, you can choose to vote Republican, but you can only vote in Republican primaries. You can't pick one race to vote in one and, and another race in, in another party. I would be okay with that. Not as okay as I would be with fully closed primaries. Open primaries, absolutely not. Jungle primaries is just far too chaotic. We need closed primaries in Louisiana. I think... What we've got, what we're building on, what we're trying to build up on is the way to go. I know in the House, Julie Emerson, who's my representative, is the one who's going to be carrying that bill for the House, which is kind of funny when you hear like the the Bill Cassies, the Rick Wards and all those say, well, this is going to cost us 90 million extra dollars. The bill hasn't been filed. How do you know that? Yeah, that, that's a scare tactic. And I always I genuinely like genuinely want to know when someone disagrees mm-hmm. with closed primaries, I genuinely want to know why. Yeah. And as Republicans specifically, only because of recent history. And yeah. if we didn't have the 2015 election, 
if we didn't have some other uh, races uh, going on that that's maybe more fresh in my mind than others, <laughs> I always, I always, I would maybe I wouldn't ask those questions, but I genuinely would like to know objectively, you know, why are you opposed to it, and yeah. it, it's and why are you using scare tactics that, as a Republican, you know, your counterparts use that night and day. Yeah, I just I don't know, head scratcher. It, you know what else should be closed though, Joe? With this weather? What's that? Those pets inside. So yes. I, my beautiful bride sent me a message saying, <laughs> while you're on the radio, make sure you remind everybody, look, guys, if you got pets out there, it's this weather. If it hits them so much harder than us, they're part of the family. Find a way. If you need some help, I know I'm not the mayor president anymore, but I can definitely give a shout-out to our guys over at Animal Control. They do such a wonderful job. You yeah. can call those guys, and they'll help you out and guide you in. But, um, look, let's take care of our, our furry friends and family. If you got pets, bring them inside. And absolutely, please, please be driving safe. We're going to go ahead and take this last break of the, more, of the afternoon. Once you guys get home safe, we'll talk to you for a few more minutes when we get back from this break. Josh Guillory joining me here on the Joe Cunningham Show. We're going to take this break. Be back in just a moment on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message to the KPEL app chat, and you can send a message not just to me, but also to Josh Giller, who's joining us in the studio. I want to let you guys know, though, not, again, don't make any appointments for the next couple days because it's going to be really cold and icy, but if you're in need of a dentist, I would like to recommend to you TheLafayetteDentist.com, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates, they uh, take all the stress that you might normally get out of any sort of doctor's visit. It is super easy and convenient. They do everything from the dental exams and checkups to checking your oral hygiene, fillings, bridges, crowns, dentures, uh, cosmetic, oral dentistry. They do it all and they are available. If you just go visit TheLafayetteDentist.com, you can see everything they offer. I can guarantee a quick, painless, easy appointment if you go check them out. Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates, they are my dentist. She's my dentist. I hope that you will give them a shot. Absolutely going to be worth it. TheLafayetteDentist.com, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Um, all right, so we've got, we've got, uh, we talked about redistricting, I'm, I'm sorry, we talked about closed primaries, and that's coming up in this special session along with redistricting. We've got to deal with this congressional map. There's some whispers coming out that the map is going to definitely put the city of Baton Rouge into a majority-minority district, which screws over one of our congressmen, Garrett Graves, who was not a Jeff Landry guy, and so there's already some speculation, a little bit of revenge going on there, but... If the courts are going to demand that we have to have this minority majority this majority minority district, then how do you do it effectively, and how do you do it without it being gerrymandered? Because it kind of seems like that's the legal question that keeps getting asked. Like it is legal gerrymandering. Yes. How and but if gerrymandering is supposed to be illegal, how do the courts? Well, just like monopolies, that? right? Or illegal, but we we have a lawful monopoly in Lafayette, LUS. Yes. So so that's it's kind of a play. Play on the law, yeah. You know? so, but this is this is clearly lawful. The Supreme Court has held that it's lawful, and, and the courts have intervened here. So yeah. we, we and we trust the process. Um, yeah. One, hey, look, got to pick one. Yeah, got to pick one. And you know, Congressman Higgins was pretty strong. If, if this is purely political, so yeah. so all of our statements are based on uh, most, if not all, is politi- politically right. driven. Okay. Right. 
Um, well, we know Congressman Higgins being a staunch uh, conservative uh, and, and heavy supporter of, of our governor uh, is probably pretty safe. But also geographically, being yeah. in, the, in the southwest corner, this is a lot different than when Jeff Landry ran against Charles Bustani, yes. where Jeff Landry had historically the third congressional district, if, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Bustani having the seventh, uh, it then merged into the third. Well, Jeff's home was was more in that eastern part of that district, so it's a yeah. little different. Whereas Clay is set on the southwest corner, pretty pretty safe. I, I doubt anybody wants to mess with the Speaker of the House of the United States. Yes, um, but but even him, same thing. Northwest corner, pretty safe. Okay, Scalise, pretty safe. Um, I think all of them are safe, except maybe that one that you just referenced. Yeah. So for political I, reasons only, if we're basing it on that, well, okay. The question was going to end up being: Was it going to be him or Julia Letlow? Yeah. Uh, because that's the only way that you could probably make those work based on proposals we'd seen. But this one. If you're looking at it just from the race-based numbers, this one is the one that probably makes the most sense. Unless you were to try to turn like the Shreveport area into a majority-minority district, because that is also a heavy urban black area in that part of the state as well. But this is the one that everybody was looking at from right. the get-go. But it's the one. It just happens to be the 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 main seat of Garrett Graves, who was not a Landry guy. So it could be coincidence, but even with Julie Letlow, if you look at the ge- geographic, like that map to make that a majority minority district, you would have to dip into Shreveport. Yes, I don't think you avoid it. Yeah, I don't think there would be any objections to Speaker Johnson. Uh, I don't think there would be any objections to Congressman Higgins if that was the route to go. It doesn't seem like that's the route we're going. Right. But so if you take politics out of it from a map standpoint, okay, kind of makes sense what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, if you have to go with a second majority minority seat. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. I can't believe we're already out of time, Josh. I know. It sucks. But we will have you back in in a month to talk, hopefully, more caucuses and uh, primaries, more of that stuff, more of the state stuff, too, because we'll be getting into uh, these uh, these special sessions and everything. Josh Gillery joining us in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Everybody be warm. Bring those pets in. All right. Drive safe. The roads are already getting icy and slick. In the meantime... I'll be back in 23 hours. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast is going up shortly. You can check that out, Joe Cunningham Show, over on Substack.com. Or if you get the podcast from Apple, Spotify, wherever, be sure that you leave a rating and a review. Makes the algorithm happy. And uh, we like making the algorithm happy. Helps the show grow. You guys have a great and safe evening. Talk to you again tomorrow here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.